Hello there. Welcome to the How to Market Your Horse Business podcast. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Denise Alvarez. And just in case we're new friends, I always like to start out with a very brief introduction. And then we will jump into specific strategies for horse business owners that are horse trainers, but Stay with me either way, because I promise you the things you're going to learn will apply to your business no matter what area of the equine industry you are in. But before we get to that, as I said, I'm Denise Alvarez, and through my business, Storm Lily Marketing, I get to help horse business owners like you turn your website visitors into your customers. And I do that through coaching, through website design and content, as well as email marketing strategy and my monthly coaching program, Social Stride. And I do each of these things, including this weekly podcast, because I truly do want to help horse business owners like you be able to be out doing more of what you really love to do. And that means helping you simplify or just take care of your marketing. And so through this podcast, my aim is to give you some step-by-step strategies, some basic how-tos so that you can not only see what's possible for your horse business when you market well, but also so I can guide you through that process to make it happen. Now, a few weeks ago on the podcast, we talked with Brian Wee specifically about lesson-based businesses and how if you are a lesson-based business, you can build a profitable profitable business from the beginning. And so he shared some things that apply to any business owner just like Colton does today. So if you have not listened to that one after you listen to this, Go back to episode 48, stormlily.com slash 48. But first, I want you to listen to this week's episode because I have another really great guest and he is here to talk specifically to horse trainers that are are business owners. So, and if you're listening to this podcast, I know that you own a business and you're wanting to know how to market it well. Now, what's funny is I actually invited Colton onto the podcast, but before this, he's been on, he just didn't know it. And I actually forgot to mention this to him. So when he listens to this intro, it'll be the first time he hears it as well. But back in episode number 33, I shared four proven ideas for your valuable email freebie or your lead magnet. And one of those ideas and examples that I gave was inspired by his free guide that's on his website. And it's called A Guide to Being a Leader Worth Following. And you can listen to the episode where I talked about that. And I'll link to that, of course, at episode number 54. And so Colton, I had actually mentioned him on there. And what's so cool about that is now he's a guest on the podcast and he is sharing some of the things that he's learned about horse training businesses and how he's built his own from the ground up. And the reason I invited him on is because after I had talked about him in episode number 33. I've been following him on Instagram. So we were not friends. We've not been friends. This is the first time we've actually met. Um, But on Instagram, I saw recently that he shared that he had created a program specifically for him to coach horse trainers and how to not just build a profitable business, but honestly, to build a horse training business that they love and that allows them to build a lifestyle that they love, not just financially, but one where they're in charge of their time, where they get to be with their family, where they really, truly enjoy what they're doing. And so I thought that was so cool. And so I reached out and invited him to come on the podcast and share some of those strategies with you. Now, like I said, it's not just marketing and it's actually not just for horse trainers, the things that he's sharing. Some of the things that I'm going to pull out for you at the end of this episode in the outro are things that are really going to apply to your horse business regardless. He's going to be talking about why so many horse business owners struggle, the heart behind why he started his program and why many of you here are listening to this podcast because of your love for horses. And he's even going to share some specific and practical ways that he is coaching trainers to build up their own successful business. So I'm very excited about this conversation. You are going to hear some passion and some great coaching from Colton. He is sharing so openly and freely, and I really appreciate that. So please continue to listen on and enjoy my conversation with Colton Woods of Colton Woods Horsemanship. Okay, Colton, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to a great conversation. 
Yeah, you bet. It's my honor. So before we jump into the meat of the great things that I know you have to share with us, I would love for my audience to learn a little bit more about you personally and your background and how you became not only a horse trainer, but now a horse trainer that's training other horse trainers on building businesses that they love. How did you get that start? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question to lead off with. And, you know, I'm going to kind of reverse engineer it a little bit and start with the fact that the reason that I'm coaching professionals today is because of the very reason I got started in horses and the very reason that so many people get started in horses, which is we want to help as many horses as possible um, in their education, in their development, and be able to live the best life they can. And many of us horse people realize that at some point, we can only help so many horses one-on-one. So many of us get involved in teaching lessons or teaching clinics, because if we can help more people, we can help more horses. And as my journey has progressed, now I'm to the point to where I am coaching other professionals, developing their businesses in two ways. We have like a business mentorship group that is specifically horse training business development. And then we have a school called the Professional Horseman School, which is up and coming or people that want the horsemanship side of developing a training program, as well as learning the marketing, the client management, the business management side. But all in all, like that's where I'm at today. But I got started. The reason all this has come together really is twofold. Like one, I found my passion, which led to my purpose. And also, I didn't grow up around horses. I grew up in a family of international business. And so I didn't really start riding until late teens. And for a lot of horse people, that's way later in life than most kids. Most kids, you know, get to grow up riding horses, whether it's in their backyard or in a lesson program. And I, I didn't. I actually like lived overseas for two years in mainland China because my parents were involved in international business. And our dinner conversations were centered around finance, marketing, sales, and overall business management and business growth and starting businesses. And so that was my foundation as a kid. And then when I found my passion and purpose with horses, then it was very natural for me to learn because I was essentially as I was developing my horsemanship, I was also having to build a business because I was at a point in my life where I needed to make a living doing it. And so at that time, I really just went ahead and said, I took all of my foundation of business that I learned growing up and I did go to university and studied equine science and management. And that helped a little bit, mainly with connections and networking, uh, to be honest, but I took all this information and then just ran a business. And what I found out was it wasn't a very traditional way of running a horse training stable. And because there's a lot of broken models and dying by the sort of tradition that goes on for horse trainers, even just equine business owners in general. And there's a lot of changes that some people can make in their businesses that might be just tweaking what they already have going on and can make some really big changes financially, but also in their lifestyle. Okay. So yeah, you're right. It it is not the traditional sense of what you talk to with a lot of people that grew up in it, but it definitely gave you such a unique perspective. And so, so you said you jumped into starting it pretty much from the get go, starting your own business right out of college. It was, I mean, I did, I had some significant internships where I got to work for some really notable horsemen, um, whether it's an internship, my first job right out of school is with one of the major clinicians that travels the country. And so I learned a lot from running that business and making those connections and being able to know how to take care of horses while living on the road for months and months and months at a time, how to coordinate things while you're living on the road and just all the things that go into really operate, being around high level businesses and in the horse industry gave me a lot of insight. Um, so yeah, I love that though, because it also shows, which is why the program that you've created is so important is the value of learning from other people that have gone before you, right? It's like, yes, you might see a broken system, but there are also lots of things that some people might be doing well that you can learn from, um, at the same time. So I love that. So, all right. So you have experienced success in your own right, which is why you started this program, correct? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think that as horse people, many of us, there's so many talented horsemen and women out there that I've noticed. And this is kind of a chip on my shoulder, to be honest, you'll kind of get (laughs) to hear this is like, there's so many talented, they're like, it's like the starting artist problem. Mm. And we're all in this because we love it. 
but the thing is, is that you don't have to sacrifice what doing what you love for making a good living. And yeah. a lot of this is just ha- building just like we do in horses. And just like we would do in our own lives, we have to build a solid foundation in our business. And so I love helping other people run their businesses because they're able to positively influence the lives of so many people. It doesn't matter whether you're in e-commerce or if you're a massage therapist or an osteopath, or if you're a horse trainer, like you guys are out making a huge difference in in equestrians' lives and horses' lives. And that's ultimately what I love doing. But I also have a very strong business background and we've built a very successful horse training business and we have e-commerce and we do those types of things as well. Um, but I love helping people. And this is just another way that I can continue serving the horse industry. Yeah. I love that. I love that you say it is from a place of service. I talk about that often on the podcast that honestly, that's the way to build a profitable business from the very beginning is to come from a place of service because people know if you're serving or only selling. And so I love that. I love that mindset. It shows through. Absolutely. So, okay. Absolutely. What you said about horse trainers in particular that have this problem often either charging or not charging enough. And I'm sure that some of the things that you're going to hit on. So we've talked about that there's a need. And actually the previous podcast episodes before your episode, that's going to be publishing. I talked about some creative ways that horse businesses can make money online because that is one way. And you have done that as well, um, that you can reach more people and help more people. But at the same time, you're going to have to make money in the long way. Like I love free education. This podcast is free, but <laughs> I also charge for my services. You know, like there, it's, it's okay to charge for your services, including that online portion of things and including for horse training and, and for the difference that you're making and so, so I would love if you would just share with us some of the specific ways that you are coaching people, whether in your program, or I can tell because it's something you're passionate about. I have a feeling if you ran into somebody at one of the expos and wanted to have this conversation, you would gladly share, share some of your insights. So would you share some of those things with us? How are you helping people specifically horse trainers? But I know that these mindset shifts are also going to apply to others but how are you helping them build a lifestyle where, as you told me, when we talked about this, you want to help them start a family, spend time with their family and have balance. So it's not just the money factor while that matters, but it's the whole scope of the business that you're building. Right. Yeah. Uh, you, you absolutely. Yeah. You sum that up super, super well. And the thing is, is there's quite a bit that we dive into and this is kind of how the process starts. And this is how I would, when I'm talking to somebody in expo, or if you're looking at coming into the program, basically what happens is, is like, we have a process. All horse trainers, all businesses should have a client acquisition process. And this is really important because I have this in my horse training business. When a client wants to come and potentially send a horse into training, there's a training horse application. And then I get them on the phone and we talk together because not every trainer is for every horse and owner and not every horse and owner is for every trainer. And I find it's really important that we make sure that we're a good fit together. And I do the same thing with my coaching clients. And that's really important because what it, it's not that uh, I have an application and a phone call to put in there. It's that I have a system. And every horse trainer, again, even in your training program, you should have a basic framework or a basic system within your business that makes sure that your client can have an idea of what that pathway looks like. When they send that horse into training, what's the general path that that horse is going to be on? And of course, some horses are going to be a little bit behind the eight ball. Some horses are going to be a little bit advanced and they're going to be moving a little faster, but they, you need to have a vision and you need to have it lined out so your client understands what the results are that you'll be able to achieve with their horse. And so what, what the reason I'm starting with systems in answering your question is that because a lot of people get caught up in the fact that, oh, well, it's great that Colton built his business the way he did, but I don't know that I can do that. And you, as a horse trainer, we run into the exact same thing where the owner, and if you're a horse trainer, listen to this, you would, you probably have this happen to you, which is that owner goes, well, that's great that you can get my horse to do that, but I don't know that I can get my horse to do that. And the way that you overcome that is that you have instilled really deep understanding within the horse or within the business owner in my instance, and that it's very process oriented. It's very calculated. And that basically 
it's it's a proven model. So we teach systems, marketing systems, finance systems, client acquisition systems, and it's we've already done it because that's exactly how I run my business. And we teach y'all how to implement those into your business. But at the very beginning, everyone goes, "I'm kind of broke, and yeah. I don't know that I can afford coaching." And I say, "Well, that's." That's perfectly fine. I've been there. I know how it feels. And you and every single person that usually comes in the group is in the same spot. And I tell them, okay, there's two things we can do to get money in your pocket. We can increase your revenue or we can decrease your expenses. And I start from there. And I ask very detailed questions and we dive in. And usually what ends up happening is we find where they're overspending in some areas and we and I help them break those expenses down and get them to where they're more frugal. And then most horse trainers, this is probably the number one thing that they, and it's a confidence to know, to be able to charge what they're worth and mm. to know what they're worth is how much. And people go, this is what I'm charging. And they're comparing themselves to other people. They're com- If you're an e-commerce platform and people are comparing their product and their prices to another person. And the thing is that if you want to build wealth, if you want to truly build a reputation, in the horse industry, you have to not just get, you one have to get results, but then you have to build a brand because your results, someone's only going to spend so much money to send a horse to get started, or they're only going to spend so much money for a hunter trainer or a jumper trainer or a ranch horse trainer. But what they will do is they will spend more for the brand. It's like buying Nike or Apple or any of these top brands out there in the business people spend more. So they have that brand. That's exactly what I've done in my business is. And I, this is what I coach my clients on is like, you have, I have to trust that you get really good results for your clients. Now let's build your reputation. Let's build your brand. And we're going to show you how to market yourself with confidence. And a lot of people are really concerned. Like, I don't want to sound salesy. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're living out your purpose, if you're doing what you love to do and you're not telling people about it, you're not, you're doing a disservice to all the people and all the horses that you could help by not putting yourself out there. And you can do it in a way that is very well received because people need to, people need to know what they can do to support you, but also how you can help them. And so, I mean, this program, uh, Denise, it's, it's so much like it's very tactical in the sense of systems, but then it's also fairly life-changing because I've watched so many of my students regain and regrip their confidence and it not just affect their business, but it transfers over to their marriage. It transfers over to how they interact with their kids. And to me, that's like so fulfilling to be able to work with people that way because we all come together because we love horses. But now we are like, people are living happier, healthy, better lives and running businesses to where they actually, like (laughs) you're talking about like time, right? And this will be the last point I make, but horse trainers know this. And that is time is money. And we say, oh yeah, time is money. Time is money. But then we look at how horse trainers usually operate on a day-to-day basis. And they're very, they're, they bend over backwards for clients because they want to do the right thing by the client, but they are just losing time. I mean, their clients don't show up for less and they show up an hour late. They wait on the client. Now they're two hours behind in their day, which runs into them getting home on time to spend time with their family, which is really the important thing of the day. And they do all these things all the while when they don't have control of their time, they're losing money every day. And that's a big part of the program is we have a 21 time day challenge that we take that instantaneously everyone that comes into the program goes into. And it's a really strict accountability thing to get control of their time because then they can really start making money because honestly, they're getting paid per ride or they're getting paid per lesson. And it's an all encompassing program. There's a lot to it, but it's, it's really about keeping things simple it's the whole keep it simple, stupid theory, the whole kiss theory and yeah. not making it more dramatic than it has to be. It's like, it's very in depth because that's why it works, but it has to be effective and efficient and it doesn't need to take a whole lot of time out of people's days. Okay. All right. So good. Okay. I've been writing down questions because I'm trying to think from the horse trainer or from my audience, the business owner, whether you're a horse trainer as a listener, or you're a business owner that's doing other things, this idea of your time and having a system will help you either way. Um, but let's talk specifically for a second about the horse trainer. You is talking about a system, right? So we know that there are some people that say, yes, I have a system. I have a method, whatever it is, you know, but then there are other people who are going to say, but Colton, 
every horse that comes into my program is different. So how am I going to explain and break it down into a framework? Because I really base what I do depending on the horse that comes into my care. What's your response to that? That doesn't make you unique. That does not do anything really that beneficial, right? When a trainer tells me, I actually was talking to someone about this yesterday. Yeah. When a trainer tells me that my, I, I customize the program to each individual horse. Yeah. Great. You and every other horse trainer, because we have to, we understand that we can't cram and jam a horse into a program. Every, every notable, every good horse trainer and almost, I would argue almost every horse trainer out there works from where each horse is at. Some are more flexible than others. Don't get me wrong. But what has to happen is that you have to have a system of that can be followed. And then it's what you're doing with the horse basically stays the same, right? What is the skills that that horse is going to learn? What is what the horse is able to do? And that what is your framework? So by the end of 90 days, can my horse walk, trot, canter, stop, back up, turn left, turn right, and whatever else you want to include. Okay. But how you get to that process is what makes your program unique. So the how is your philosophy, is your approach, how you can relate to a horse and be able to under and communicate to that horse and communicate to the owner how to present the new skills, how to present the lesson of the day, how to present each and every moment to the horse. But if we do not have that solid foundation, basically a curriculum, let's call it that. Uh, mm-hmm. You have, if you don't have a curriculum, and you're going into the barn basically without a plan, if you don't have a curriculum, and you're wasting time with those horses, and your clients wonder paying you for your time. So of course we're all going to through the how, through the philosophy, through the approach, through our what we would call the four letter F word of horsemanship through feel, <laughs> we would say. <laughs> This is how we present it to the horse. And that's what makes your brand, your program unique. And that's ultimately why we want, that's how we want to market your business is what makes you unique. But at the end of the day, you have to have a curriculum because that curriculum is really what's a lot of times is going to sell your client um, initially because they need to know the results that you can get. And then of course you say, okay, well, I can't, I, this is what I, this is the basic framework and this is how I work with the horses and this is my daily daily structure. And from there, we're going to make sure that we present all of this information to yours in the best manner possible. And we just really have to get people's messaging out there. Mm-hmm. So the thing that most horse trainers have to realize is that if you're doing a Facebook ad or any kind of print ad, whatever you're doing, and you're telling someone, I customize my program to each horse, you're not unique at all. Because every other horse trainer is doing the exact same thing. What you have to get out there is what actually sets you apart. That's good. That's good. And I'm, my notes too, I'm writing down that you need to be able to actually communicate your approach. Because what you just did was very eloquent, may not be the best word, but it was very clear. It was, you've communicated that very clearly. <laughs> Whereas I think that a lot of horse trainers, and that's why a lot of times they're good horse trainers, they're very good communicating with horses and maybe not so much with people. And so, right. yeah, to be able to describe what your approach is, describe that end goal and how you're going to get them there um, is key. Okay. I have another question for you. Okay. For those that's people good. that are saying, Colton, it takes money to make money in the horse business. Nobody can come in from scratch and not have land given to them, a barn, give them to them, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, if I'm having to get a mortgage for my land and all these things, because I'm coming in from scratch, there's no way I can build a profitable business. What's your response to those? I didn't start with any of those things. Um, that's what I'll tell you. Like, yeah, people think, oh, we grew up in a family of international business. You know what? what my parents earned. And this is what I tell everybody. Like I I haven't got an inheritance. Like I've worked for every dollar I've got. And I don't in the big, I've had actually a lot of comments on my Facebook post recently of people saying how they don't have this or they don't have that. And Uh the fact of the matter is, is if you really want to be a horse trainer, if this is truly what's calling you, you do not need that much. Like I got started with my, I had like a little two-seater car. It was like a 1999 Acura Integra. And I had my saddle, my bridle, and a few other training tools. And I went to I went to the horses. 
and I charged for the session and I charged for my travel to get there. And mm-hmm. for a while, I was was traveling to the horses until I had enough horses that I was traveling around within an area that it made sense to go get to start leasing stalls and have those horses in a central location. So when people say, I don't have land, I don't have stables, I don't have this. It's like, you don't have to have all of that because you can start as a mobile horse trainer. You can go to the client. That's a hell of a service. And then once it becomes too inefficient and you're losing too much time, then you can start to centralize those orders. Go to a boarding facility, get a, get a, um, a discounted rate for, for a block of stalls and bring those horses into the boarding facility and train them out of there. Like there's so many ways to collaborate with other people that do have facilities to make a deal, to get started that you don't have to have that much. Like, yeah, you need to be able to afford a saddle. You need to be able to afford a bridle and you need to be able to afford the other tools that you might need. But there's other ways to shake deals with people in your community to get started. That's exactly what I did. And I'll be honest, like we're, we work out of a very nice facility now, but I do not own it. Like we're in the process of still trying to buy a place. So I understand the pain of trying to get 20% down on a $1.5 million facility. Like it's a lot of money and it takes time and it takes knowledge and all this thing. So it certainly does take some money to get started. But when, when sometimes people put up a, such these big objections that there's no way they can over, overcome them versus breaking it down and realizing what do I really need versus what do I really want? Because yeah. I want the $1.5 million facility. Don't get me wrong, but it's just not quite in the budget right this second. And so I'm working with what I've got, which means I'm leasing a facility until I can afford 20% down on such a big payment. Uh And so some people just like, we, if you have those excuses in your mind, like I am the first one to call it out. Denise said earlier, like may not have put it eloquently, but it was clear. And I think the thing is, is like, I just want to be straightforward with people. That's how I coach is like, let's cut the fluff. Let's cut the BS. Like let's get to the point. And say like, hey, if I am putting up barriers in front of myself, don't don't be your own worst enemy. Like, let's let's get to the point. Like, let's overcome those objections. Let's get rid of those basic mindsets that need to go. And let's find out what you really need. And let's build your business. Let's go. Let's start. Yeah. Yeah, it is so much of a mindset shift. And to back up, I said not eloquent because I didn't want you to think eloquent sounded too fancy. I thought you were very clear. (laughs) So it was not meant to say you didn't say it clearly. Um, But yeah, so much of it, you're right. It is that mindset shift. But I think I have heard that one many times. Um, And you're right. For all of us business owners, it's so important to identify those false beliefs that are keeping us from moving forward to our dreams and our passion and purpose whatever that is for us. Okay. I've got one more for you. And it leans into that. It leans into that a little bit and it's super tactical. So we talked about the idea of needing to charge more, charge what you're worth, that type of thing. So let's get super practical. And I know on this level, you'll probably just speak to horse trainers and that's, that's great. How do they know what to charge? So starting out, if I'm a, I'm a new horse trainer, I'm coming into your program and I'm like, Colton, I don't have a ton of experience, but I need to build a profitable business how the heck do I know how much I should charge? Okay. This is really, really simple and everybody overcomplicates it. Um, there is a couple ways to look at it, but the one there's, here's one mistake that most horse trainers make. And that is that they board horses for free. And by that, what I mean is that whatever it costs them to board the horse, they just board the horse for that cost. So if it costs them $450 a month to take care of that horse, that's what they charge the client. And then they, put whatever additional charge for training on top of that. And the thing is that I always look at the local marketplace, particularly when it comes to boarding, because while you're not like everyone knows, and you very rarely can make good money just off of boarding, unless you're in like a luxury boarding barn, and then they're making good money. But when you're just running average board, and let's just say your board's $600 a month, and some horse trainers are barely charging that for horse for board and training, so they're going to cringe. But I want them to for a second because the fact of the matter is, is that you have to know what your costs are as a horse trainer. The first thing, you have to know how much time am I spending to take care of that horse? How much time am I spending to train that horse? And wh- how much money am I spending to have that horse in my facility every single month? And so... I'll just give you guys some basic numbers. Usually on our end, it costs $175 a month to, 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 for hay grain shavings. 
on this horse. And then we let's just use an industry average. Say you're going to pay two hundred dollars or two hundred. Let's say two hundred fifty dollars a month for the stall. So that could be your mortgage payment, or that could be your stall rental. But you say you're paying two hundred fifty dollars for the stall, one hundred seventy five dollars for the for the care. You're at four twenty five just in hard cost. You haven't made any money. So you need to stack that up against what the rest of the industry in your area is charging to get your board cost. For your training, you need to look at how much is your time worth? How much do you, how much in, a lot of people go, well, I don't know how much my time is worth. Well, how much do you want to make an hour or how much do you feel like is a good value to exchange per hour of your time? Because if you're training on a horse for a month, month is four weeks, if you rode that horse or worked that horse 20 times a month, five times a week, then you have 20 hours. And if you, let's just say you charge $25 an hour. So you have 20 sessions, $25 an hour. You're at roughly $500 for the month just for training. Then you have your board cost. And so I always break this down into what am I charging for training? What am I charging for board? My board should be the average rate and based on my facilities, like if I have a little nicer facilities, I can charge a little bit more for us personally. I charge a little bit more for board because I've traveled the country taking care of horses all over the world. I can do quite a bit of, I'm not going to call it veterinary medicine, but we can take care of horses at a very high level yeah. and provide optimal care. Like we can hit a vein. We can, we can notice things really early. We can treat eye injuries. Like we can do all this stuff. And it saves the client money and they have the expertise on hand around the clock to take care of those horses. So that comes with a little bit of a premium. And so, so you can charge, you need to charge to make sure that you're making money on board. You're not trying to just get all your money off board, but you need to make sure that if people basically were going to go board a horse in your area, what are they going to pay to do it? Okay. That's a pretty close number that your board's going to be. And then you figure out, okay, 20 sessions a month. How much is my time worth per hour? And then I multiply that. If it's 20, 20 sessions a month at $25 an hour, then that's $500 plus my $600 board. Now I'm at $1,100. And that's a lot more than most people charge, um, particularly in the Western world. Now, if you get into the English world, those folks know how to run a business a little bit a little bit better, but there's still, there's still flaws. Like most of my... So four, four people, we probably should have led with this. Most of my training horses are hunters, jumpers, and dressage uh, Yeah, horses. I didn't speak into that today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So most of my horses, most of my training horses are hunters, jumpers, and dressage horses. My okay. personal horses are like cow horses, ranch horses, rainers, Western types. So I'm in very heavily oh, that's involved. So interesting. In, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of joke that the Western horses are more about my sanity. And then, <laughs> but I, but I enjoy working with the English horses because the clients operate on a high level usually, and the horses are really well bred. And like when you have good breeding, you have nice horses, you can get quality results with them. And so we like, I'm in both sides of the business and a lot of my coaching groups are the same way. We have a lot of English people. We have a lot of Western people. Um, and because it business is business, horsemanship is horsemanship. It's just a matter of customizing it, using the right lingo for marketing to talk to the right audience and your ideal or your avatar, your client, ideal dream client that you want to be working with. You have to know how to communicate with them. And so, yeah, most of my clients are English based clients, hunters, jumpers, massage horses. And the thing is that you have to, to really answer your question though. You have to, you can reverse engineer it, right? You can say, I need to make this much per hour because the fact of the matter is, sorry, horse trainers, I'm going to break this to you. But like right now you can go to work for Amazon or another company, FedEx, or even a fast food restaurant and be making $20 an hour easily. Yeah. And so if you're not making that training horses, you're it's honestly, it's, it's questionable if it's a good life decision. And the thing is, is that you're providing, a, and I'm speaking specifically to the horse trainers, like as a horse trainer, you're providing a very valuable experience and service to your clients. Your time is worth being compensated for. And Therefore, you have to establish what your time is worth. And this is what we, this is what I coach on even more in depth in the program is like, how do we figure out what that is? But you have to, I, I always want to instill confidence in people that your time is worthwhile. And if you're going to work 10, 12 hours a day, and I work, most of us horse trainers work way more than that. And I definitely do, but I love what I do. So I, I will spend the 14, 16, 18 hours a day working, but most people 
like if you could spend 10, 12 hours a day working and you were very well compensated for your time, and then you could leave the barn in good conscience, knowing that your clients and your horses were taken care of, and then you could fully be present with your husband, your wife, your kids, the rest of your family. That's a life well lived. And we need to break down what that cost is. So whether you're time, if you're saying like $25 an hour is cheap, I agree with you. I think that if you're getting good results, I would love to see horse trainers be making $50 an hour plus just for the training ride, not board included. Like that's really what I shoot for with my clients. And the way we build that is building a brand, building a business, as well as making sure that they have the quality results that can back it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's key. You're right. Those results. And then of course, I mean, for all of us, my audience is horse business owners. So owners get it. Like your hourly rate is not just, that's not profit. You know, like you have, you have overhead, you have, you're not yeah. you're paying your employee taxes and all of those things. So yeah, you have to consider those things as well. Okay. I don't want to keep you too long. I have one more question for you because you said something that, that just brought something to mind and then, um, and then we'll wrap it up. But you said something about client experience. And I think that's so key. And when you talk about branding, so often that is a big part of it. If you're providing a really high quality experience for your customers, it's not just in and out, in and out, then you can charge more. Would you give us a really practical example of what that looks like for a horse trainer? How can you provide a real, true, high quality experience for your clients? That's a really good question. And so... The, the high quality experience, I think the first thing I want to say to that is that horse trainers have to realize that 85% of the business is inexperienced horse owners. And that's a really good market for a lot of people that are trying to get started as horse trainers. And when this, like when we really break down this experience, the reason I think that's significant to say that. And because 85% of them being inexperienced also lends it the fact that a lot of most majority of the people that are in this business do it recreationally. Mm -hmm. So they're in it to have fun. And that client experience is pivotal because as a horse trainer, we think I'm providing a horse training service. And it's like, well, your horse training is an experience for that horse. And the better experience that the horse has and the owner can see that, the better experience the owner has. So the owner's kind of living vicariously through the horse. But also when the client comes to your barn, they need to have a really good experience. And so it doesn't mean that you have to pop the champagne and have free like hors d'oeuvres on the side. Like I mean, I've been in barns where that's the case. And those are certainly nice. But what it really is about is clear communication with your clients. And that starts in the very beginning of the system that I mentioned earlier of having a very high quality methodical client intake process where you can clearly communicate your, not just your approach, but what the expectations are with the horse, what the expectations are with the client. And then you communicate readily throughout the training process so that Everyone stays on the same page. If the client feels informed, they feel up to date. And the trainer has, this is a big piece. The trainer has to have boundaries. Any good relationship has boundaries. And so many trainers get run over because they're afraid that if they don't do whatever the client wants them to do, that the client's going to leave and they're not going to make the money. And we've all been in a position in our businesses where we needed that check. But right now, I'll be the first one to tell you, the business is really good. And there's client, there's client after client after client out there. And I don't mean to, like, I don't want people to think like, oh, you can just burn through clients. Like, no, you want to give each and every client the very, 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 very best experience possible. But if someone is overstepping boundaries too much, that's not a healthy relationship. And that's only going to suck the soul out of the trainer. And so it has to be a good experience for the trainer as well, which comes from setting clear boundaries and clear expectations up front. And so I think a lot of people get caught up when they talk about client experience. They think about like free stuff or discounts and all that stuff. And it's like, no, like 
clear, like a client experience is like, how does the client feel when their horse is with you and when the client is with you in your barn? And so one of the things I do is that when, when I allow the clients to come and see their horses in work, or if they come take a lesson, we book the time that the client is to be there from say two o'clock to three o'clock. That is the time. And part of the expectations is, and I tell all my clients up front, I run a very tight schedule. So you need to be here on time and we will get started promptly at two and we will be done at three because my day, like I, bu- I buffer in time for run over, but like we run a very structured schedule and that builds a very good relationship pillar because the client then knows, hey, this guy takes his time seriously and I want to be respectful of his time because he's booked time into his schedule for me. And when he's with me during that time, he gives me everything he's got. And then I have to understand that he has to go on to the next thing because this is his livelihood. And I really communicate that to my clients. And sometimes you have uncomfortable conversations. But again, that keeps that keeps you from getting resentful with your clients. Because a lot of times, if we just constantly, constantly, constantly pander to the client, eventually we start to resent them because we're just doing whatever they want us to do, even when it doesn't we feel like we can't because it's costing us money or costing us time and it's throwing our whole day off. And I tell trainers like, listen, like you have to sometimes just like with a horse, you have to sometimes go back in and reestablish some boundaries so that you can feel good about the experience too. And therefore when you set up those boundaries and you set up the systems, which boundaries are systems, systems are boundaries. Like when you set those up, then everyone clearly understands what the case is. So like on my end, I update my clients on Saturdays um, and I try to get them photos and videos every so frequently. And those, so people know when they're getting updates and then they know like during the week, unless I'm coming out for a lesson, he'll be in touch with me on the weekend. And that way I can really use my time efficiently to train their horses because that's what they're paying me for. And then when they come, I am there to serve them to the nth degree I can. And then when it's time to wrap that up and I move on to the next thing, they understand it. And it just, it it is what you said, Denise, earlier. Sometimes we have to, some people might be listening to this and going, gosh, that sounds like a pipe dream. And it's sometimes we have to overcome those old mindsets of going, gosh, like, okay, what I've been doing to this point hasn't really worked because I am tired. I am not making enough money. And something's got to give. And a lot of times we have to surround ourselves with people that have done things to a higher degree than we've done them or are more experienced in other ways. And we surround ourselves with those people. My dad always told me like, show me your friends, show me your future. And we've heard the saying like, I'm the, you're the average of the five people you hang out with. And so I'm always trying to elevate my circle, always trying to increase the people that I'm hanging out with because that rubs off. And as horse trainers, I feel like we need to collaborate more, connect more, so that we can build our businesses and build our lifestyles to where we're actually fulfilled and we don't feel emotionally and physically and spiritually drained at the end of every day and week. Oh, that's so good. I am sure so many listeners are just saying, yes, yes, I agree. I want that too. (laughs) Um, Oh my goodness, Colton, thank you so much for sharing so freely. I really appreciate it. I know it's been so helpful. Is there anything else? I know I've asked a lot of questions. So is there anything else that you're like, oh, she should have asked this, or I really want them to know this one thing um, before they go? I just, I really want horse trainers or even just any business owners out there, um, you know, horse trainers are just in the service and experience business, but e-commerce, whether you have a product, whether you go to big events and you're a vendor, whatever your business is, like you're always in the experience business, but then you might be selling more of a physical product. And the thing is, is like, I want you guys to know that you, what you're doing is worthwhile. And there are certain instances out there where maybe you've been doing something for a long period of time and it's not working well, then something's got to give, right? Something has to change in some way. And maybe things are progressing to a certain degree and you're like, but I I feel like there's more to it. Then try to spend some time reflecting. Like as I'm sitting on the call here with you, Denise, like I've got my journal sitting next to me. And this book is with me all day because it's like an idea book. It's a reflection book. It's when I have a random idea in the middle of the day and I don't have time to really process it. I just write it down so I don't forget it. And 
like, I think it's so important that we take the time to invest in our own development. And we spend so much time investing in our horses and our clients and our products. And you need to make sure that you're spending the time investing in yourself so that you can better serve all the other areas of your life. And whether that's through meditation, whether that's through reflection, through physical fitness, like whatever it is that you know you need to be doing, like take your shoes off and go walk through the grass, like just reconnect with yourself a little bit so you can regenerate those ideas and make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people that truly support you. And that want, like, there's a lot of people that want the best for you, but they're trying to protect you from failure. And the thing is that any of us that are probably listening to your podcast, Denise, like we're entrepreneurs, we're business owners, we're horsemen, we're horsewomen, and failure is part of the game. Fail, like we are going to fail. And if you're afraid to fail, you're never going to make it. So you have to accept the fact that you can try things and fall on your face. And guess what? You're that much smarter and that much stronger. Just get yourself back up and keep going. And just recognize that what you're doing or what you're striving to do is extremely worthwhile. And reach out to the people that are willing to help. Like I teach my students, and this is the last thing I promise that I will say, is that um, is that people, you have a scarcity mindset, you have an abundance mindset. And so many people live in a scarcity mindset. And I see this in the horse training world, particularly, which is some people don't want to share their knowledge with other people because they're afraid, like, you got to earn your stripes. I'm not teaching it to you. You got to go out and do it on your own. And it's a scarcity mindset because they're afraid if they teach it to somebody else, they're going to get beat. And that's just a poor loser's way of going about it versus freely sharing information and you know, even charging for that information. When I say freely sharing, I mean the willingness to share it, not necessarily sharing it for free. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but having the willingness to share that information and understanding that they're right now currently in the business, and I think forever, ever, there's enough. If you are good enough at what you do, there will always be enough business out there for you. And that is an abundance mindset. But if you are playing defense within your life and within business, and you're constantly scared about the next person beating you, you're never going to get ahead because you're in survival mode. And you've got to get yourself out of that survival mode and recognize if, my, if I develop my craft, my skill, my service, my product to be the very best that it can be, and it is good enough, there will be more than enough business out there for me, so much more that I probably won't be able to handle all of it. And I'll have to build a team, which would be a really good problem to have. Or I can decide to not build a team and keep it at the highest level that I can personally manage. And so you have to embrace that abundance mindset. And I want you guys to acknowledge to yourself, whether it's through like a positive affirmation and just tell yourself that you are worth it and that you can charge. Most of you guys probably can charge more within your businesses. And you have to be willing to take that risk of going ahead and, and elevating those prices. Now, as far as how to do that, if you guys needing help learning how to do that, Denise, I think is going to share or ask me to share in a minute how you can connect with us. And I'm one of those people that is more than willing to help you in your businesses um, because I want to see as many people succeed and grow and serve this industry so that everyone else is better off. Yep. You led right into my closing, Colton. <laughs> so tell everybody where they can find you online. And thank you. So many good um, just like I said, valuable truths for any horse business owner right there and uh, not just for horse trainers. So I appreciate so much of that encouragement and, and coaching really, you obviously have a passion and a gift for coaching. So tell everybody where else they can find you online. Absolutely. So it's very straightforward guys. You can find us on our, our main website is coltonwoodshorsemanship.com. And there is external links where you guys can find our business mentorship program for horse trainers. And then we have the, the professional horseman school, which is an 18 week program. It's virtual and in person where you go through the horsemanship, the actual training side, and you have to train two to three horses throughout the 18 weeks. And you come to our place twice and it's the business marketing, horse care, client management, all the business stuff, a lot that we led into today. Um, so you got that program and it's a cert, uh, it's a certificate program as well. So you, you graduate as a certified, um, horse trainer in that instance. And then we also have all our social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and all of that is at Colton Woods Horsemanship as well.
You bet. And I will on our show notes, which will be stormlily.com slash 54 for episode number 54. I will have all of the appropriate links to make it super easy for everybody to find you as well. So again, thank you so much for sharing. I can't wait for everybody to hear um, so much of the things that were on this episode. I know it's going to encourage and empower and strengthen them. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay, what did I tell you? Isn't he super passionate? I love it. And I love that not only is he passionate about helping horse business owners and horse trainers, but just the the ideas, the strategies, um, the mindset shifts, I think are so, so good. So I hope that you were able to take notes. Of course, I will have a summary of what he shared about over at the show notes, stormlily.com slash 54. Because here's the thing, whether you're a horse trainer or you do body work, or maybe you have an app. I know we have some friends that have created some really cool apps for the horse industry, or maybe you have products that you're selling. I know that this episode had some great key takeaways, and I'm going to name some of them for you, okay? You need to have a system, right? You need to have a system in place no matter what. You need to create an experience for your clients and your customers. And that does not mean you have to throw a lot of money at it. You got to really think about how are they feeling when they're interacting with you. I want you to remember to charge what you are worth, what your products and your services are worth, and to be open to learning, which I know that you are because you're here on the podcast, and to embrace an abundance mindset. It really shifts everything when we think about that. Okay. All right. Those are just some of the nuggets that I wrote down as he was talking, but I am sure that you have your own. So remember to look Colton up on Instagram, Facebook, all the places. I'll have all those links over at stormlily.com slash 54, including the links to his programs so that you can learn about those as well. I really am so grateful for Colton being here and sharing so openly and honestly. And I hope that you were encouraged and empowered and equipped. All right. That is my goal for today. So thank you so much again for being here. I'm so grateful that you listened in. I hope you will tune in next week. And if we are not email friends, make sure you go to stormlily.com slash podcast so that you can sign up and I will send you a quick note every week when I have a new episode available so you don't miss out. Of course, you can also follow or subscribe on all your favorite podcast players as well. All right. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you have an amazing day and I'll see you next week.